Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is, and you know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I'm the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this time, guys, we're going to talk about what doesn't matter instead of what does matter. How about that for a little change in scene, scenery, so to speak? Look at things from a little different perspective, a little different light. And I'm going to get right into it. I hear that the market has been what it is, right? People talk about the market's hot, everything's overpriced, yada, yada, yada. I In the bottom of the market, people were saying everything was overpriced. When things, when there was blood in the streets, everybody was saying things were overpriced. And when they were basically giving property away as compared to what they're doing with it these days, people were still complaining about price. And what happens with guys is, especially if you're investing in any sort of real estate, if you get all hung up on price, and I'm talking about the asking price, not your price. I get that you need to have your price. You have to get it at a certain uh, deal so that it can cash flow. And I, I understand all that completely, of course. But we don't, We the old saying goes, we don't judge a book by its cover, right? So let's talk about, I don't know, something that's $100,000, right? That's our favorite thing. $100,000 mobile home. And you're probably thinking, well, if you're listening to me from Palm Beach, Florida, you're probably thinking 100 grand for mobile home sounds kind of cheap because everything in Palm Beach is crazy expensive, right? Florida Keys, that would be I would be I would question it. I would think it's some sort of a gimmick. If you told me somebody was selling a mobile home down here for 100 grand, I'd be like, "Well, I'm willing to bet that the lot is rented and or and or it's a piece of complete piece of garbage." Because if it's on its own dirt, it's going to bring 300,000 all day long. 200, 300,000, 400,000, a million dollars. I've seen million dollar trailers down here, guys. It's it's a thing. I, I I kid you not. I hear this a lot down here. A lot of folks, well, this is beautiful. The reason one of the reasons why I have very little if no competition down here in Key West from a buying perspective is is that everybody rolls into Key West or looks it up on Zillow or whatnot and they go, "Good gravy." Everything's expensive. Everything's overpriced. But nobody seems to want to ask, how much income does it generate? Because in the end of the day, guys, the advertised price of a property has no value to you whatsoever outside of a very loose guideline. Now, I get that we're in the hottest market, or depending on where you are, you're in the hottest market ever. Uh, I totally understand it. Florida Keys has been on fire just like a lot of other places in the country. In the country, But that doesn't mean you have to overpay for a property. It doesn't mean you have to go with asking price. It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is that somebody, probably if it's a bro- real estate broker, uh, decided to, you know, told the seller what it's worth. And I got news for you. Real estate agents, brokers, whatever, are not experts at pricing property. Okay, they're not. And nine times out of 10, the realtors go with the price that they think will make their seller say yes to the listing agreement. They want to impress them with the list price, right? Uh, And they do this because it makes the sales process easier. They don't actually have to be salespeople. They can just tease the seller into thinking they're going to get a fortune for their property only to find out that they're not and they're going to have to do price reductions. Now, recently, the market has been so nuts and people have been in such a demand to buy that they paid these stupid, ridiculous prices that were 50% more than last year in some markets. It's crazy. 
But don't let price keep you, an advertised price, an asking price, keep you from making an offer. And I see this time and time again. They're like, oh, man, I wish I would have bought that 10 years ago. Why didn't you? Well, the, the usual excuse is I don't have any money or I didn't have the money. Well, that's garbage. You can get the money. You just raise the money, right? That's totally doable. I'm doing it myself. Uh, if I can do it, anybody can do it. But that's not it. It's, well, it was overpriced. And then the seller's going to get mad at me or the broker's going to get mad at me. Or the wholesaler's not going to send me any more deals if I make a, an offer. And then I want to talk about lowball. Where'd that come from? Because here's the thing. If the property is priced such that it will never cash flow on its best day, and it's clearly an income property, okay? Now, here's the thing. If it's a house, that homeowner, they can ask whatever they want. And for that matter, a seller can ask, any seller can ask whatever they want. It's an asking price. It's a way to start. It's like, would you like to go to the dance? Hell no, you troll. Get off my porch. It's an ask. It's just an, an, an offer. It's an invitation to start a conversation. Okay. It's an invitation to start a conversation. And you basically pick up the phone and you talk to people. Hey, John, I see you're asking 1.2 for that duplex over there. I'm sure it's gorgeous. No, no, it's a train wreck. Needs a septic system. That back half of it burned down. Oh, well, is it currently rented? It is actually. It rents for $23,000 a month. Now, let me ask you, is the million dollar duplex a good deal if it makes $20,000 a month in income? I'd say you're damn skippy. It does. It is. It makes that, that's a home run deal. I'd be all over that. So you got to dig deeper guys. That's one thing. That's kind of like making a buy decision based purely on cap rate or some sort of a hurdle rate or the, some sort of rule that bigger pockets came up with like the 1% rule or the 1.5% rule. These are just guidelines. These are not absolutes. They're not end all be alls. It doesn't say if it's a seven cap, it's always a good deal because you got to ask yourself what type of property is it? Where does its income generate from? Same thing with IRR, right? People make purchases or investment decisions based on a projected IRR. Well, get this. The syndicators, when they project an IRR, they're pulling pulling it out of their backside. I'm telling you that right now because, if first of all, if they're doing it correctly, they are including the exit, right? The sale of the property. Well, do you think that's a known figure or do you think it's a guesstimate? Or we'll even call we'll give them a benefit of the doubt and say it's an estimate. It's based in nothing, guys. It's you go to any licensed real estate appraiser and ask them what something will sell for five years from now, they'll be like, dude, I have no idea. I mean, there's no possible way to project that. So you can't get hung up on one single metric and price is one of them. Okay. You can find something that's a million dollars a duplex. The next question, and I said it before, I'm going to say it again. The next question you need to ask is, that's cool. How much income does it generate? If the answer is not acceptable, the next thing you have to think to yourself is, how can I change that? Because here's the thing. Let's say that it's in a hot rental market. For example, let's say we had a, a duplex that somebody's selling here in Key West. And they're out offering, asking a million dollars for it. And the reason why they're offering a million dollars for it is because they use the square foot method, which is one method. It's not the end all be all. It doesn't necessarily mean much. In my opinion, it's one of many metrics to look at, right? It's a calculation on a spreadsheet or in a calculator, but let's say they're looking at price per square foot and they're running sold properties in the neighborhood and every property in the neighborhood uh, sells at X amount per square foot. 
and they're going to take that square foot of that duplex and multiply it by whatever that price per square foot is and zippity blame, you got a million bucks. Well, what does that mean? That, that means that's their opinion of value and they're entitled to guess. I mean, that's what everybody does. Does any seller or any real estate broker list a property and he can be absolutely certain that what somebody will pay whom they haven't met don't yet know there's no way possible to forecast that you can come up with some general guidelines of what you think it might do, but you're probably not going to be very accurate. It's a guesstimate, isn't it? Just like IRR. It's a guesstimate. So what is the real thing? Right. And we all do this reaction. Every one of us has this reaction. I have this reaction. Sometimes I fight the urge. I am getting better. I fight the urge, but you, you get a wholesaler mail, right? Wholesaler sends you an email. I get them all the time. And you laugh at the ARV guesstimate and the repair cost estimates. Well, of course they're guessing. Wholesalers don't have any experience usually in valuing property. They're not licensed appraisers. That's like taking the opinion of value from a realtor. Realtors have no clue how to value properly the proper way. They don't have an appraisal license. They're not an expert at pricing properties. Now, if they're a salesman, and then a marketer, they have a good idea of what someone will pay for a three-bedroom, two-bath house in Aurora, Illinois, if you're in the market, because they can look at sold data and come up with a reasonable hypothesis, or we'll call it a guess, a reasonable guess where where and what price point it should fall. And generally, they'll mark that up a little bit. They'll turn on the marketing monster and see what happens. Agents that are really good at marketing are the ones that get top dollar for listings, okay? That's just the bottom line. Agents that are terrible at marketing or don't do any marketing at all, well, every property sells eventually. They usually don't do as well for their sellers. I laugh when people say, oh, I want to go with the neighborhood agent. Why? The neighborhood agent is a moron. They don't know anything about marketing. They don't have a a world-class copywriter on their team. They don't have top-line photographers. They don't have all these team members, these tools to get you top dollar. I've had people say, well, I'm going to hire so-and-so a commercial broker because he only charges 2%. Right, but he's only going to get you a million dollars for that building when it's worth 3.3. The, the math doesn't add up. Well, the worst thing is, is that an agent will let a seller list a property too high and it sits there and they don't do anything about it because people like us Look at these numbers and we start going, nah, forget it. We don't want to upset the seller. We don't want to upset the broker. We don't want the wholesaler to take us off their email list. I assure you that's not going to happen. Okay. You make the offer anyway. As a realtor, I make offers for my clients on a regular basis without any, I don't worry about it. It doesn't matter because I, you know, if the seller gets offended or the broker gets offended, then they're in the wrong business. Okay. That's just how it works. We're usually buying income property, which means the property needs to generate a return for the investor or there's no sense in buying it. They're not buying it because it's cool to own a million dollar duplex. They're buying it because that bad boy will cash flow 20 grand a month. That's why they're buying it. So when you get to this point, and it's going to happen to you probably this week, this month, if you're out looking around and you're flipping through Zillow on your lunch break or you're on Facebook Marketplace or whatever you're doing, you're going to see everything be overpriced, right? Everything be overpriced. You're also going to hear, you're hearing right now a whole bunch of hoo-ha about inflation. The cost of everything is going up. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Well, you know who the inflation doesn't really impact as much? People that make plenty of money, okay? 
I don't really give two rats asses if the price of gas is a dollar fifty or three fifty or four fifty. Because like right now in Key West, I think it's like four twenty five. Whatever, I don't care. Right? I'm not on a fixed income. I'm not on uh, social security or something. Thank God. And I have plenty of income to pay my bills and live a comfortable life. So I don't worry about things like that because life's too short, guys. It's just too short to panic about things that you, first of all, have no control over, like inflation. So here's the thing. If you're concerned that the price on Amazon of everything on Amazon has gone up considerably, quit doing the retail therapy on your lunch break. Quit buying all the crap on Amazon. Now, right now I'm preaching to myself because I buy a lot of books and stuff on Amazon. I'm a book hoarder. I love books. I just, oh, I just can't stop buying books and I read them all. Uh, but that's a story for another day. But we really can't get too wrapped up in that. We got to fight that urge, guys. We got to put it aside and instead focus on what's important. And what's important is talking to the seller and finding out or whoever's selling the property, the broker, whatever it may be, finding out if they've got a pain point. Okay. Finding out what's going on. I don't care if you're buying mobile home parks, apartment buildings, single family houses, trailer parks, not, doesn't matter. Storage facilities, everything's overpriced, right? We know that everything's overpriced. So we can stop saying it now. Okay. That's kind of like Donald Trump is a jerk and Joe Biden is an old moron. We all know that. So for us to continue talking about it is kind of a waste of time, right? It's just kind of a waste of time. It really is. So we need to figure out how much this thing, A, will bring in an income or does bring in an income, probably is the, where you'd start, and then go from there. And that means you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get dirty, okay? I'm doing that right now. I'm looking at properties and I'm looking at one that's $7 million. I'm looking at another one that's $12 million and of course, $14 million rather. And at first glance, it's like, good night. $14 million, this thing's 12 units, but it's short-term rental. And it, the kind of money this thing brings in is crazy. And that's before we go in there and put do our magic. These things are performing like gangbusters already. And they are not op- operating at firing on, all, full, on uh, uh, all cylinders, which is I find it fascinating. That creates so much opportunity. I see mixed-use properties, which is something else that we that we uh, invest in. Mixed-use properties, what does that mean? That means retail properties. That means storefronts. That means uh, restaurants and bars and nightclubs and venues and places like that, entertainment venues. Guys, there is so much money in that stuff. It's crazy. And you know what? They usually price them based on the kind of income they generate. And you also know what? There's always room for improvement because at some future period, that lease is going to come up for renewal. And the last thing a business owner wants to do if they don't have to is move, especially if they're a retail location or a restaurant, because people get used to where they are and they don't want to have to keep advertising that they've moved again, moved again. You think about it this way. Back in the day, it was a real challenge to move because you didn't have email. You had regular mail and you had your mail forwarded and whatever. But imagine if you had to move and there was no mail forwarding. Well, you wouldn't be moving as much, would you? I know people that move every six months or a year. Frankly, that's pretty common down here in Key West because investors are selling off their, their rental properties, turning them into houses and, and short-term rentals. So people have to move a lot. It's a pain point. I just moved. I can't stand moving. I moved to Key Largo from the RV, in the RV, and then we moved out of the RV, sold the RV in Key Largo, moved to Key West, 
And now we're in Key West. And guess what? Our first lease here was only six months. So we had to move out of the place we are in that we absolutely loved and we miss it. Oh my God. It was an old town. Gorgeous. Uh, but now we're over in the golf course, a Key West golf course, golf club. Um, and we had, so that required we had to move again and good gravy. There's a two story townhome. So there's stairs. I hate climbing stairs, especially with big boxes of books, but it happens. It sucks. So imagine if you're a business owner and all your customers are showing up and hand you, handing you debit cards and cash. They're used to, they know where you are. Right, the Uber drivers all know how to get to your place. The cabs know how to get there. The food delivery people, they know where to show up. It's a very painful thing for a business to have to move from its physical brick and mortar location. So think about the think about that. It's far less painful for a residential person to move these days because half the people don't even get mail at their house anymore. I use a mail forwarder. I don't collect. I don't get mail at my house at, at all. I use a mail forwarder in in, in town in Key West. Uh, right down the road from us here. And I do that because, you know, in Key West, I don't know if the seller is going to renew the lease in a year. I, and I may wind up buying a property in a year if I find a, an opportunity that makes sense. Who knows, right? Lots of good, lots of different things going on. But I'll tell you what I don't do is I don't stop looking at something because of price. I put the blinders on. I don't care. I'm going to tell you a short story. One of my uh, students in the inner circle group is going through right now. Uh, and she's a go-getter. She's a machine. She's out there. She's buying and developing RV parks. So she's looking at a piece of land in Florida and it's in a, it's in a kind of a remote location and you know, it's 20 acres. I believe it is 25 acres, something like that. Not a huge piece of land, um, but big enough, right? And he's going to, she's going to put a little RV park in there. One of those, um, what do you call them? Like self check-in type thing. She's smart and she's savvy and she'll, she'll crush it. No doubt. But the seller uh, his asking price is 1.5 million for 20 acres. Now, if you're in New York City, that's a that's a gift, right? 1.5 for 20 acres is that's almost unbelievable in New York City, but in rural Central Florida, that's crazy because it's zoned agricultural first of all. So there's a whole lot of development that has to happen and whatnot. The moral of the story is the guy's not going to get anywhere near a million and a half dollars for it. So there's no reason to even fixate on it, right? Nothing. Don't even worry about it. So the seller, of course, he's, he want, he said he'd consider uh, seller financing it or possibly doing some sort of a creative acquisition, a lease purchase or lease option or something like that. But he wants a massive, massive, like 500,750, some crazy number like that down payment or option consideration. Well, so the next question, cause she's smart. She asks, what are you going to do with that money? Well, I'm going to buy my daughter a house and I'm going to help my friend, get caught up on his bills and I'm going to take a trip and I'm going to do all this stuff, right? He's basically going to be like the uh, fairy godmother of central Florida and take care of all these people with her money. Well, guess what? That ain't going to happen, bucko, because that, that the dog doesn't hunt. That acreage is worth maybe a hundred grand, 150 grand on a good day. That's a big, maybe uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and go go a hundred grand for sure. 150 probably be a stretch. But again, guys, the value of land depends on what you're going to do with the property, right? If you're going to make it an amusement park or put Trump Tower there, it's going to be worth a lot more money than if you're going to make it into a, I don't know, uh, a, a garbage dump, right? A garbage dump isn't going to command as much money, of course, than the government would probably be buying it. They would overpay because that's what they do. But that's a whole other story for a different day also. The moral of the story, guys, is, you know, we just have to look past that and we got to go out and start having conversations with these people, even though... Yes, they're crazy. Yes, it's overpriced, yada, yada, yada. Be not concerned with that. Don't worry about that. 
look past that, grow past that. And when you do, you're going to do more deals. You're going to get more deals under contract. You're going to have more conversations and you're going to raise more money. And when you raise more money, guess what you can do? You can do more deals. Speaking of which, if you ever considered investing in paradise, then you need to look, go to keywestcashflow.com here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to have a new website out. Uh, it's not up yet. It's going to be out here in just a couple of weeks. But um, the new website will have all the information about what we're doing in here in Key West. And we're pretty excited about it. We'd love to get on the phone and talk to you guys about it. If you're an accredited investor, you need to get on my phone list. Uh, you got comments, you want to drop us a line, you can always email me at info at cashflowguys.com. And I, guys, I hope you found some value in this episode. I hope you go out there and you make cash flow happen. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashFlowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.